In the summer of 1868, two years after accepting the Nasius, the Rebbe Maharaj traveled for health reasons to Marienbad, which back then I think was in Germany. Today it's in a country called the Czech Republic. There were uh, springs over there. And wanting to utilize every moment to its fullest, he decided that on his way home he would stop over in Bucharest, Romania, right, which was then under Russian rule, and observe secretly, meaning he wouldn't tell anyone who he is, the situation of the Jewish community that was there. Additionally, the Rebbe Marash stopped off in the city of Odessa, Ukraine. The purpose of this stopover was to assist the Jewish communities of uh, Basarabia, who were under the threat of being banished from their homes if they wouldn't pay this crazy high tax. Now, really this whole story started 10 years earlier, in 1859, um, almost 10 years earlier. Uh, at that time, certain officials who were jealous of the success that the Yidin got, they asked the local government to intervene by restricting the places where Yidin were allowed to live. And that certain, and, and, and they restrict also what jobs Yidin could do. While most Yidin, they, they rented inns or fields from the local parrots, it barely covered their living expenses. There were a few who became very successful, extremely successful. Some of them had huge plantations of uh, tobacco or vineyards. The others built these massive mills that were used by the entire area. And since the jealous officials wanted it to look as if they were just making the new law, not just taking away property, right? Because that's just wrong to take away someone's property. So they asked the government to make Xayer banishing all the Yidin from that area. Now, because they can't just banish the rich people. Banish everybody. And Taka, the government passed this Gazeta, and many Yidin were kicked out. And the local officials, they, in a legal way, legal for Russia, divided their property among themselves. At that time, the Tzemach Sedek sent the Marash to Petersburg to intercede on behalf of these unfortunate Yidin. The Marash's efforts proved successful, and just four months later, all the Jewish families who had been kicked out of there were back by their, in the, by, uh, on their properties, and their possessions were returned. Now the, the local governor, a very big Russia, well, not him, but really it was his assistant. He was not happy about this. And looking for another excuse to kick out the Yidin, he introduced new taxes on different items. And he knew that if the whole population found out about these new taxes, they would be a massive protest. So the only ones who were notified about the taxes and that, that he let know that he's making these taxes were the Yidin. Now since the taxes are increased every single year and they kept on getting larger and larger, it basically became impossible for the average Jewish farmer to pay and it was going to be a disaster coming. Um, in Taka in 1867, many Jewish farmers in 
of uh, Bessarabia couldn't pay the taxes. And the following year, when they couldn't pay again, the authorities basically came down hard on the Yidden. And some were put in prison until the taxes were paid. Others were just kicked out. Just kicked out, as if it's like not a big deal, right? And the Jewish communities of Bessarabia, they appealed to the Rebbe Marash in Lubavitch, which was very far away, for help. Um, and the Rebbe decided to approach some, like the rich, Jew, rich Jewish landowners of the nearby cities of Odessa and Kishinev and request that they should help out with the, their less unfortunate brothers who are not as rich as them. So he scheduled, the Rebbe Marash scheduled this additional stopover during his return trip from uh, Mariambad that he said, I'm gonna stop in Odessa in Ukraine. And over there he would say, uh, he would say I'll say a mimer, except Hasidim and Yechidis. And in this way he hoped to raise the huge amounts of money that the poor Yidin needed to stay. And his plan was to remain in that area for a few days, maybe a week, after which he would continue on to Lubavitch and arriving there a week or so before Rosh Hashanah. However, these plans suddenly changed when the Rebbe was forced to delay his trip to Lubavitch, as we're soon going to see. In the middle of Elul of that year, a terrible fire broke out, destroying a large section of Lubavitch. And among the areas that were destroyed by the fire were the Rebbe's entire courtyard, including the shul, the base medrash, as well as the houses that were occupied by the Rebbe's family. And the Rebbe, who was then in Odessa, got a telegram on Thursday informing him of the situation. So on Sunday, the Rebbe sent, gave a sealed letter to his gabai, to Pinchas Leib, and instructed him to travel immediately to Lubavitch. And in the letter, the Rebbe instructed that arrangements should be made to buy the property next to the courtyard. Well, it wasn't the courtyard anymore because everything was destroyed around it, but next to that area in order to make the original buildings much bigger. So together with the letter, the Rebbe sent a diagram that he himself had drawn showing what he wants, which areas to use for rebuilding. And uh, there was a builder, Naftali Chaim, should immediately, immediately start building over there. And the Rebbe also instructed that the buildings should be built extremely quickly. And he said, although due to the fire, his return to Lubavitch would be delayed until after Tishrei, he still planned on, uh, on returning shortly after, in the middle of Cheshvan, and desired to be able to move immediately into his new home in Shul. And in order that these uh, buildings should be ready on time, each day the workers would have to do the work of 20 or 30 days, of what would normally be done in 20 or 30 days. Now obviously this meant that Naftali Chaim, instead of hiring, let's say he normally hired two or three people, he would have to hire way more than that. And they would all have to work together to, to build these things very quickly. Um, the Rebbe also instructed, obviously no work was done, Shabbos, Yom Tif, and even Cholomoyed, no work was done. Uh, the Rebbe also instructed that, for now, the spot where, where his father's house stood should remain empty. This included the location of, that, that was uh, next to the Rebbe's apartment that was given to him, that he lived right next to the Tamar Tzedek. So that also should be left empty. And uh, the Friedrich Rebbe 
he wrote the reason why he did not want to rebuild these areas, which we will go to tomorrow. <laughs>